What is up, Bruin Bible listeners? This is your host, Will Decker. We've got a very special sponsor to lead us off. We got Bet Online. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your baseball betting needs this season as it is officially opening day. Get analysis of every play, prop, and points at Bet Online. You'll find the latest odds, bracket contests, team matchups, and game trends at Bet Online as a whole. Uh, Bet Online is your baseball, basketball, uh, football headquarters this season. Head to our website today and use our mobile device to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Be sure to use your promo code, uh, believe, to receive your bonus pay. Bet a line where the game starts. Now to the Bruin Bible. Bruin Bible listeners, what up to a special Saturday edition. Spring practice number six officially in the books. Will Decker was out there, and for the first time, we were happy to have my brother, co-host, in the house, Mr. Jamal Madden, this is his first time he was able to see stuff in spring practice. So I'm really, really thrilled to talk to him about his observations and what he saw. Madman, it's been almost 30 minutes since we've hung out. How's everything <laughs> going outside of that? Brother, it's been so long. I mean, hope, uh, hope you're well. Hope the family's well. Hope the career has been well the last 29 minutes, uh, you know, but <laughs> excited to jump in there with you brother it was just you know before we talk anything shop about football just you know the gift today was the opportunity to have a front row seat next to you and and watch practice and just the camaraderie and the bond that you and I have it's just such a gift and a treasure and just was so fun and can't wait to you know make this a Saturday tradition here for the next few over the course of the spring season so the gift, Will, was was doing this with you first and foremost, even above anything football related. So it was it was thank you for for allowing me to partake. Of course, man. That was the most fun was, you know, hanging out with the madman in person. Like, for instance, like we don't get to hang out as much as you guys think. I know you guys listen to the pod and see us. So just having him out there, it made it so much fun. We got lunch afterwards. It was just a great time. Eventful practice. Chippiness was out there in the football field. Big time plays. DK Metcalf was out there that you gladly took a picture of uh, with me. So it was just a really kind of eventful Saturday. Troy Aikman was out there as well, waiting in the wings. They've got this big quarterback, you know, meeting, uh, a reunion of the quarterbacks of sorts. So you're actually going to be attending tonight. Is that correct? Yeah, Will. So it's a, a meeting. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's an event. The first ever UCLA quarterback club event started actually by – a good friend of the network, Pat Cowan, uh, who was oh, yeah. the former UCLA quarterback. And so this is going to be a meeting today of the last 22 UCLA starting quarterbacks all in one room uh, for the first time ever. And all the proceeds for the event are going to Mattel Children's Hospital. So it's just going to be a great night of conversation and camaraderie of, of the great UCLA players in history. And, and doing it for a worthwhile cause. So really excited to be out there with my dad and, and hopefully take some, gr- some great pictures with the likes of, of Troy and Gary Beban and, and MJ. Man, it's going to be so much fun. I wish I was there, but Madman will have you recapped with all of that stuff. Let's start on your observations. I'm interested to get your takes. This was your first day of kind of drinking and everything that was available. Quarterback position. And for the first day, UCLA fans, 
I think I can definitively say the best quarterback on the field was the guy that we're pining for, the five-star, the kid, Mr. Dante Moore. You know, there was just – he was the most consistent all-practice, I thought. And Garbers, I think he was due for a down practice. He's been humming the football as well as anybody. But give me your initial takes on what you saw from the quarterback room today because it was exciting to watch. And it's been the battle that everyone is talking about that covers UCLA football. So, Matt, man, take it away, brother. Absolutely, brother. And, and you know, that, that's where my eyes naturally went as this being my first practice. That's sort of what I wanted to see first and foremost and kind of have a bit of a thesis around that before I started looking at other positions on the field. And so for me, Will, I think there's a couple of categories here. The, the, the takeaway for me is there's right now three categories of UCLA quarterbacks. I think there's the guys that play over play are more consistent, that they make the proper decisions, the proper reads, execute their throws, demonstrate arm talent, and sort of deliver the football in a position where guys can catch it. Then there's the tier where on any one play, a quarterback can do something exceptional. But then there is a challenge to string consecutive plays together, maybe a bit of a challenge to have that element of consistency. And then our third tier is Chase Griffin, who's uh, our great friend. Uh, you know, what an ambassador and a symbol of UCLA. But obviously, he's more of a student athlete. What a bright future in front of him. But I think Chase is the one guy who realistically isn't really vying for the starting spot. And so I think when you talk about the other four, to me, Dante Moore and Ethan Garbers are in tier one. Those are the top two guys right now. And I think Garbers, what I saw today, obviously a couple of missed throws. He had an interception, not his best day to your point. But you can see there is a comfort of the system that Chip is running. There is a poise in the huddle. There is a confidence in the huddle. And he knows where he's going with the football. I think that even today in his mistakes, some of those were batted balls. Some of those were, uh, you know, breakdowns in terms of offensive line. Some of those were wide receivers actually kind of slipping and, and allowing the likes of a Devin Kirkwood to, you know, get great position and make an interception. But he wasn't making the wrong throws, A, the wrong reads, or not making kind of the right decision and effective pass. It was usually the defense did something exceptional to, to make things disruptive for him. So I think moving forward, I think Garbers is going to continue to develop and, and be vying for that starting spot. In terms of Dante, to me, Will, he just does things from time to time that just make your jaw drop. And, you know, whether it's the, the hash mark throws from one hash mark to the opposite sideline and getting that ball out effectively, whether even if it's just sort of the poise of making the right check down, whether it's sometimes even throwing the ball away or just, you know, feathering that ball with that beautiful touch with the deep ball. You know, he just does things where it just, you keep getting reminded of the fact that he's only 17 years old. And, and one comp, Will, to me, that was really interesting. And, and you and I were kind of talking about this live. He has such quiet feet. And, you know, there's such a calmness to him in the pocket where he's upright most of the time. There's no wasted motion. You know, you and I are big, you know, we love Peyton Manning. But for as great as Peyton Manning is, he always was, you know, bopping around with his feet. There was all kinds yeah. of stuff with the wrists, the arms, the feet. You know, it was almost like he was doing like a stand-up comic routine back there every time, <laughs> you know, with every step. 
Dante is just so calm and so serene. He reminds me so much of Bryce Young in yeah. that element. And and you and I kind of talked about it. So those two guys to me are clearly a cut above the rest uh, in terms of this room. And I think those are the two guys that are going into fall. The battle will be between them. In terms of the other two, the next two, to me are, are Justin Martin and Colin Schley. They're in that tier two category of the guys that on any one play can do something that really is so impressive, but can they string consecutive plays together? For me, with Schley, the thing that stands out, Will, is the arm, the arm talent. He's actually, lot, at right? this stage, he's probably got the best arm of anyone in that room right now. He's got the rocket. It's alive. The ball comes out faster. There's a live arm to him in a way that just doesn't, the ball doesn't snap quite the same way with the other guys. To me, though, with Schley, the question is a little bit around accuracy. It's a little bit around decision-making. It's a little bit around kind of having a command in the huddle. That's something that was missing. There were a lot of false starts with him. There were a lot of blown plays with him, even in kind of seven-on-seven, even on seven-on-none kind of drills. So to me, that kind of consistency of can he put drives together, can he put sequences together, I think there's still a gap there. And then I think with Justin Martin... Yeah. You know, I was sort of blown away, Will, by his size. You know, we've talked about it a lot uh, over the over the last several months. But when you see it in person for the first time, relative to the other guys, he's just bigger than the other guys. And, yeah. you know, if he can sort of grow into his body the way we're talking about Dante Moore, I mean, the sky is the limit for this kid as well. And so for me, I think it's just about him sometimes growing into his body. I think any one throw he can make at any time. But the ball sometimes sprays, you know, with him. It, it sort of flies over receiver's head. He misses his spots. Sometimes the RPO game isn't quite as clean uh, as it could be with the others. I know you and I saw some fumbles out there today, but some of that was also a, a function of kind of the RPO rhythm and, and the quarterback kind of setting the play up the right way. So I think that's sort of my assessment right now, Will. I think Moore and Garbers are, are in Tier 1. I think Martin and Schley are in Tier 2. Um, and, and I think long way to go, but I think this battle is going to get more compelling as, as the weeks go by. Yeah, especially with picking up the playbook for guys like Moore and Schley, two new guys on campus. So only time will help them out. And I mean, with Moore, he's 17. I mean, it just blows my mind at some of the advanced plays he's making out there. Let's pivot to the skill position, guys. Um, I was hyping up Sturdivant to you. I know we were texting saying, this guy's, this guy's it. Like, this is the best receiver UCLA has had in a very, very long time. And I mean, he matched the product today. It was probably his best day. I've seen him practice. They put every corner they had on Sturdivant. No one could cover this guy. I think, and I'm not overstating this. I think he had five or six touchdowns in spring ball practice. So give me your takes on Sturdivant and what you saw in the wide receiver room, because I think this is the deepest room UCLA may ever have had when it comes to wide receivers in a unit. Yeah, Will. And, you know, I, I must say my, you know, Will the Thrill Decker, you know, for as much as he was kind of telling us offline about Sturdivant and, you know, this guy is really going to be a great player. For as much as you have promoted Sturdivant correctly, you might have even undersold him. I mean, that's how good he was on the field today. Um, he was clearly the best player on the field today. And, you know, all, and we're, we're talking quarterbacks included, everybody included. The gap right now, at least today, between him and the next set of wide receivers is pretty significant. And you're absolutely right, Will. 
there is just an effortlessness to him that is off the charts. He's he's got tremendous straight line speed, but I think what people are don't always realize what really impressed me was his quickness. And there's a difference between quickness and speed. The speed is sort of the straight line, the acceleration, creating a gap in an open field environment. The quickness is the ability on the line when you're getting jammed to be able to make a move, to be able to shift, and to be able to create that initial separation. And for me, Sturdivant is both fast and quick. And you're absolutely right, Will. It was five to six touchdowns he had uh, over the course of this game in terms of practice in the different scenarios. And there wasn't a single corner that was within two yards of him on any one of those six touchdowns. I mean, he just blew everybody away. Uh, from a defensive standpoint, and he is going to be the the head of this receiving rule. And I think you can kind of see him uh, sort of make that step. Also, as a leader, you could see that he was trying to inspire his teammates a little bit and, and the other receivers to sort of raise their level. He It got very competitive with him and Devin Kirkwood in the best yeah. way. It was kind of one-on-one. It got a little chippy. Had to be uh, separated, yeah. The, the midway through was... the practice. Yeah, Absolutely. And But I think that's two great competitors going out there. You know, I think he got Kirkwood a few times. Kirkwood got a pick on a few. Kirkwood had two other interceptions on other plays. So both of those guys, I think, going after each other a little bit sets such a great tone, um, you know, of leadership. You know, because, Will, it kind of goes back to that saying, good teams, the coaches lead. Great teams, the players lead. And I saw that today with Sturdivant and Kirkwood for their respective sides. Sturdivant blows me away in terms of his, not just speed, the size, the catch radius, the separation. Uh, he made all of the quarterbacks look good out there. And then I think the other guys will, in, in sort of the limited duty, I think we saw Logan Loya play really well yeah, in the slot. He made a couple of really nice throws there. And then, you know, I love my guy, Kyle Ford. You know, he didn't, he didn't quite uh, sort of have the day that Sturdivant had. Who did? But, you know, I think that uh, Kyle Ford is going to be a huge piece. And I think firmly as, as a top two receiver in this rotation with Sturdivant. I think that two-headed monster, Sturdivant being the stretch guy, the deeper guy, the more vertical guy, and, and Ford on the more underneath stuff, that combination has the potential to be lethal this year. Yeah, and it's just in numbers, this wide receiving unit, you just feel confident with the guys they're trotting out there. Like Loya, slot guy. TMA didn't even get in, and he might be the third best receiver on UCLA. And then you're just breaking it down even further from that. Braden Pagan is a guy that's going to make a big name for himself. Cam Brown, you know, he doesn't flash you away, you know, at you know practice. But this guy, he we saw what he did in the Sun Bowl. He's a player that can really get out there and make some serious plays. So, just a lot of good when it comes to UCLA receiving. Is up, Bruin Bible listeners. We have another advertisement for you. We are so lucky to be sponsored by the great people at Athletic Greens. Uh, I started taking Athletic Greens specifically because I was lacking energy, lacking focus throughout the day, and needed some special pick-me-up ingredients to make things happen in my life. Athletic Greens has done just that. I've become absolutely addicted to the process. It has over 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source ingredients, probiotics, adaptogens to make your life easier uh, by doing this during the day. I like to take it to start my mornings off. I like to do it before a workout. It makes you feel energized, focused, and just have a lot more energy throughout the day than I typically expected. 
right now is the it's the time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every single day. Uh, that's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. Uh, to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to be give you a free one year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash LAFB. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash LAFB to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Athletic Greens, a game changer when it comes to your health and your focus and your mindset. Uh, running back room. This is your first taste of seeing it. I had hyped Carson Steele. He looks really good. Uh, Colson Yankov, you know, looks very slender. I think he lost about 10 to 15 pounds, looking very, very good coming into the year. But Madman, my, my still running back number one is TJ Harden. There's just a level of speed and quickness and pass catching that he can do that I don't think Steele has that in his arsenal for as good as he is. Uh, tell me about your thoughts about the running back room. This is your first taste of seeing it. Yeah, a couple things, Will. Uh, first thing that really caught my eye uh, being out there today uh, after, you know, sort of a, a couple of months of not seeing these guys was the body transformation of Colson Yanko. Uh, you know, la- you know, the, when we last saw him in December in that Sun Bowl, obviously a bigger guy, tough guy. When you think of Colson Yankov, you think of goal line, short yardage. You think of him salting that game away in Tempe against Arizona State. You think of him in terms of catching balls in, in, in down and goal situations in that Colorado game. You think of him as a short yardage sort of power guy inside the box type of element. What I saw Colson Yankov today uh, really blew me away in terms of just his body transformation. He's much more cut than he was three, four months ago, and he's much more lean than he was three, four months ago. I think, to your point, Will, I think he lost 12 to 15 pounds, but then he added muscle to that remaining frame. And I think what I saw today was a guy who still has that same power and wants to get in there and, and sort of be physical with that front seven and get those tough yards, but there's a shiftiness to him. There's a little bit of a pop to him in terms of that second line of defense where I think he's going to surprise some people this year. And so really liked what I saw out of Yankov in terms of steel. Uh, everything as advertised. You know, he's, he's absolutely uh, jacked, you know, as, as, a, as a physical specimen. You know, just as a specimen, he reminds me of, of Christian McCaffrey, just, you know, as a specimen. Um, and I think the physical run play was very evident. He's a guy that's going to really make a huge impact in terms of wearing down defenses, play over play, down over down, downhill runner, um, kind of a one cut and go guy. I think the one question I have for Steele, and I think the one thing I'm going to be particularly mindful of in watching him from now until the start of the season is his ability to get to the edge. That's yeah. one question I still have uh, with Steele in terms of what I saw today. A little bit of a little bit of a challenge for him to get to the edge. And so if he's going to kind of stay inside the hash marks, you know, that may be a little bit limiting in terms of how we think about him in terms of all types of down and distance situations as an every down back. And then I think the leading guy, Will, you said it best, is T.J. Harden. I think the combination of the feet, he made some moves today with his feet where it was just kind of lateral quickness. It was sort of the old school Le'Veon Bell type of feet. You know, he would start a run, 
on the right hash, get to the left hash, vice versa, start a run on the on one side of the field, get to the other side. He's just so smooth with the ball that Dickerson like, you know, pose and strut and, and sort of cadence that he has to his game. And then he looks the most fluid out of the backfield as a cast catcher, uh, as, you know, as a guy receiving the ball. And I think what's interesting here, Will, is with Harden, he actually catches the ball like a receiver because yes. in the sense like he's yeah. catching the ball with his body, he's bringing it in, but he's always angling his body in a way where he can then turn upfield for more yards as quickly as possible. If you watch the other backs, when they catch balls out of the backfield, Steele and Yankoff in particular, they're looking right back at the quarterback when they're catching the ball. And so then they have to kind of completely turn around before they make their next cut. Harden sort of catches it from the side. You know, like he never, if you if you notice with Harden, he's never completely facing the quarterback when he's catching it. He's always catching it from the side of his body the way an elite receiver would. So it just speaks to how comfortable he is in terms of not just running the football, but also receiving. So right now, Will, for me, in the you know at this stage in the game, I think I've got Harden one, Steele two, Yankoff three. But I think that Yankoff can really make Steele work as well. Yeah. And I, I could see a scenario where Yankoff could be as high as RB2 once we see the opener against Coastal Carolina. I think that there is that much to like about Yankov, and I think that much that he sort of transformed his body. Yeah, and you made great points on that. You know, the style of play that's reminiscent to Harden for me, not the guy. I'm not making a comparison. You got to be like careful when you make these comparisons. Very Marshall Falk-like. It just looks easy when he's catching the pass. It looks easy when he's running the football. There's just a lot of good to like with Harden. And, yeah, you were right. When, when setting the edge to the outside – you know, he, play, he played very well in the MAC. Nobody's taken that from him. One of the best, most productive running backs Steele was at Ball State. But this is a completely different speed going to the Pac-12. It's going to be interesting to see how he adjusts to that. Yankoff, I'm continually impressed by. I think he has a chance to, you know, we I you know asked you the question today in practice, over under 70 carries, and you hammered the over on that one. So I'm thinking Yankoff's going to have a big year. I think Chip is going to reward this guy for kind of just having one of the weirder college football careers we can remember. Went to Washington as a four-star quarterback, transferred to UCLA, was a receiver, switched to running back, three position switches. And, you know, Chip is loyal to the guys that have stayed loyal to him in the program. He's going to give Yankoff his fair share of carry. So I'm excited to see where that goes. Defense. Defense was making some plays. I know we were up close and personal with Muwasau. That guy is desperate to hit somebody, man. He was coming off the edge. It almost looked like he's going to knock Chase Griffin you know, uh, one of the quarterbacks, you know, off the field at one point. Uh, first time you got to see Oladejo. Uh, Kirkwood made some really good plays out there. I think he had three total picks today. So very encouraging. So J. Michael Sturdivant is not only increasing the play of the wide receivers, but he's making the corners even better by having to go against that talent, you know, every day in practice. Give me your takes on the defense because from everything I've been hearing, a lot of positive stuff coming out for DeAnton Lynn's new defensive look. Absolutely, Will. And I think you said it best. The first kind of big moment of practice today was, was Moasau giving a little bit of a love tap to Chase Griffin. <laughs> Chase Griffin kind of flew back a little bit, you know, and it was, uh, you can tell Moasau is, is, is ready to go and ready to hit. And, and he's going to be the anchor in the middle there of this defense, both in terms of level two, as well as being that middle backer. 
And, you know, I think Moasau, just body-wise, mind-wise, looks like he's going to be a tremendous anchor moving forward. Oladijo, Will, is a specimen, okay? And, <laughs> oh you know, watching him just stand there in terms of, you know, just his aura, his command of the field, how quickly he can close on the ball. Obviously, the, you know, there's no tackling going on here, so you have to sort of t- go by inference of how they would kind of play in certain situations. But Oladijo was always around the ball. And, you know, there were some moments there where, even in seven-on-seven drills, it was hard for the offense to sometimes complete some of those intermediate routes. And a lot of it had to do with either Oladigio creating traffic that wasn't there or just disrupting plays. And so Oladigio is going to be an absolute beast. And especially when you pair him with the versatility of, say, a Carl Jones on the edge, who's, who's ready to just kind of stand there and rush the quarterback and you got John Vons when he comes back from baseball. I mean, it's exactly. just exactly John Vons yeah. when he comes back. You got the more traditional Moas out, and now you've got Oladijo. The linebacking room, you just can do so Jeez. many things there. Will it's it's absolutely incredible. You got four guys there. You can drop three back in coverage and rush one. You could have two guys to be more traditional, rush one, drop one back. You can have more of a of a pass rush type of you know jailbreak. Uh, jailbreak blitz type of emphasis on a certain situation. Just the versatility that I, I can see already with these different body types and these playing styles on the linebacker level is absolutely significant and is going to make a huge difference moving forward this year. And then I love the play of Devin Kirkwood. You said it best. The three picks, he caught one on the sideline that was really beautifully done on Kyle Ford. He sort of beat Kyle Ford to the spot, had both feet in, and, and, you know, made that uh, reception before he went out of bounds for a very clean interception. He read the quarterback's eyes beautifully in the end zone because one of his other interceptions was in, was in the end zone. I believe yeah. it was on, uh, on Garbers. As Garbers was kind of surveying the field on some crosses, he was able to interject. And then the third interception was a little bit of a deeper ball, uh, you know, a little bit of a contested ball there from Martin, I believe. And he went up there and just got it. So he actually showcased... So much variety there, kind of sideline beating a guy to a spot, reading the quarterback's eyes, and then also kind of athletically having a deeper contested ball there. You, you know, we've been clamoring for it, Will, now for the better part of a year. Is this the, the jump that Kirkwood makes where yeah. his game, you know, is analogous to his body? And, and that could be, a, 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 you know, an early day uh, NFL pick. Yeah, I mean, it's just encouraging to see him doing that on some plays when he was guarding Sturdivant. So very, very encouraging. Man, we got through a full day of practice number six. Madman and I are going to be out there next Saturday as well, so we want to make sure UCLA Faithful's rolling in, kind of cheering on their team. Let's get people out to practice. Any parting words you've got before we sign off from practice number six? Thriller, it was just, it was just a wonderful sight in the community also to see everyone there were probably over 100, 125 people out there all kind of lined up and, you know, very comfortable, had a great view of practice. So many people came up to us and were chatting with us and, you know, and, and vice versa. Just so great to have LA, LA Football Network and the Bruin Bible in the community watching these games and these practices with everyone else. Great to see DK Metcalf on the sideline, yeah. obviously. My man, Will the Thrill Decker, had a great photo op with him and wished him the best of luck this season, which is a nice very, guy. 
a nice significant surprise as a Niners fan. I mean, I don't know how much <laughs> luck you wanted to wish him there, yeah, but yeah. DK seemed like such a great guy. And then obviously we saw a number of the quarterbacks from, from the event who were kind of looking over practice from, from the Wasserman Center. And, and then it was also just kind of great to see Chip. You know, Will, I told you there were kind of three things I was really impressed by today. It was the quarterback depth, the running back depth, and the depth of Chip's waistline. You know, <laughs> Chip is uh, – uh, <laughs> Chip, whatever – let me put it this way to our Bruin fans. Whatever Yankoff lost in terms of the offseason, Chip found. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like one of those, uh, you know, plastic surgery, like suction. You could do it off your body. <laughs> <laughs> took, one, took one for the team and put it on his own. But, Madman, great to see you as always. I will see you next Saturday. Yes, sir. It'll be a lot of fun recapping these. Uh, make sure you're liking and subscribing the LAFB YouTube channel. We're on Instagram. We're everywhere. Uh, much love, guys. We will talk to you soon, and go Bruins as always.